Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week's topic is tough, and I've talked about it before and it was awkward, and I think it's still gonna be awkward, so let's just dive right into the deep end with Mother's Day, aka being a trans parent. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the only person I've met that I ever wanted to have a kid with, Susan Bridges. Simple. Accurate. Definitely accurate. Our returning guest is Maydeen. She began drawing real-life comics in late 1999 at the age of 18 after she realized that the in-jokes between her and her friends could make for an interesting daily comic. She termed it semi-autobiographical because as frequently as the comic was mundane and based on everyday happenings, it would also delve into the wildly fictional with space travel, alternate universes, and homicidal desktop computers. The strip recently celebrated its 23rd anniversary and though it takes frequent hiatuses, will likely remain going for decades yet to come. In 2018, at the age of 37, May finally realized that the feelings she had been dealing with for most of her life were, in fact, gender dysphoria. She chronicled this realization in the comic in a three-week storyline entitled Epiphany, where her character, then presenting male, had a conversation with her inner self. Since then, she has depicted the reality of coming out to her partner, transitioning, and navigating the world as a trans woman, all with a focus on the humor and joy that so often gets overlooked in the trans experience. She has recently taken up the vocation of writer of short autobiographies in a third-person perspective, a career which, while fulfilling, she expects to be moving on from by the end of the sentence. But she hasn't because now I've read it twice and I'm thrilled about it because this is, might be the best bio I've ever read. Welcome <laughs> they back, keep, May. They keep dragging me in. I try to be <laughs> out they keep dragging me back in. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep hitting you up to write me new bios of yourself for like the foreseeable future. Okay, so for you, what has been one of the most surprising things about your transition? Surprising? Yeah. Ooh, that's a really hard one. I think what's what's been, well, I, I kind of touched on this in the previous episode, but what's been very surprising is that people have largely treated me very nicely. I was not expecting that. I was expecting to be just absolutely ridiculed. It was just one of those things where I expected hate. And yeah. while I get it online from people who don't know me, mm-hmm. I don't care about those people. The people who do know me, 99% of them have been wonderful. Yeah, same. My my stepdad, we no longer speak because he's a jerk, but it's, you know, it is I'm what sorry. it is. Oh, it's fine. I I've moved on from that, but but largely I'm surprised by the fact that people have been very open and accepting and just kind of, you know, pretty cool about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it can be hard because there are definitely, you know, parts of the country and world where it is much harder to be yes. out as trans. But also 
I think what's important is that even though like things are scary with all these anti-trans laws, the, the people pushing them and the general population that is actually anti-trans is really small in number. It seems like there's so many more of them than there actually are. But we even saw in the 2022 elections, everybody who campaigned on anti-trans rhetoric like lost their campaigns. It's not a winning yeah. position. It's the general population either supports us or just doesn't care. Doesn't they're care. like, they're just people, leave them alone, right? So, yeah, it's important to remember. I mean, that. we wish they did care. Yeah, they could care a little more. Caring is better than hating. Favor? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's a mess. But, but yeah. Well, what's one piece of advice that, that you would give to somebody who is just starting their transition or something that you wish you knew going in that would have helped you? I think the, the best advice I can give anyone starting the transition is just remember it's not a race. It's not a sprint. Yeah. I know you want to get where you're going to be. You will get there. It's going to take longer than you want it to, but it's yep. going to be shorter than you than you think it will be. Yeah, it feels like it'll be forever. Sometimes. It does. When you're in yeah. the midst of it, when you yeah. just start hormones, if you are starting hormones, it is going to feel like an eternity in the moment. Yeah, they work really slow. They do. But, yeah. but you look back and you realize that like, like that was a blip in your life. Especially yeah. when you're, when you get to be in your forties or whatever, those years are fast, you know, they go by and the moment you're in the moment you're the struggles, embrace them, feel them, but understand that those struggles are temporary. Yeah. And that can be a real hard one for, for, you know, it's, it's advice I wish I had had back then. Yeah. Right. You know? I like, I remember starting hormones. And it was really scary, even though nothing happens for a while. But yeah. then, you know, like a week or two in, I'm like, well, nothing's happening. What? Mm -hmm. What? I want to get out and push my transition and you can't make it go any faster. So I think it was five or six weeks before I noticed literally anything. Oh, I, it took I me just, like three months. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, anything, anything like like a feeling. Yeah. Tingles, things like that. I didn't get anything for like six weeks. And... The whole time up to that point, because you haven't had a blood test, you haven't had any of these things, you're like, the dosage is wrong. It's not working on me. Something's wrong. Yeah. And and you, know, you get so up in your own head about these things that sometimes you lose perspective on that. You know, again, just take it easy. Don't rush yourself. Don't push yourself to where you're uncomfortable. For me personally, I I resisted. I didn't wear feminine clothes until I felt like I would be able to wear them without sending my own dysphoria into a spiral. Yeah. I had to trade on and off for a while with boy mode. And like once every two to three days, I'd be in girl mode and then I'd have to go back. And I didn't even until I until I had breasts, I didn't even try anything. Yeah. Because it was just like I knew it was going to send me off. And then the second I did, I haven't worn anything with a neckline higher than like, you know, my collarbone <laughs> in yeah. four years. Like I, I, yeah. I, this is my, I have, to, I have to vent my excess heat from here. You know, yeah. you gotta yeah. keep it, gotta keep it free. Yeah. It's weird. I have like, like women's cut t-shirts now that I can wear and I, I like the way I look in them, but I still do not like the high collars. I'm always yeah. like, I wish it would just be lower because it feels a little too boyish even though that's ridiculous because it's just a shirt it's brain your brain is a, a yeah a fun organ it's just a fun organ to have <laughs> yeah it's it's a 
our best friend and our worst enemy. I just want to <laughs> say too, like all those people, those turfs out there saying people are transitioning too quickly. And it's like that's impossible. That's literally impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Again, stupid. <laughs> Stupidest people alive. It's hard for me to engage in arguing with I know I'm off topic here. It's hard to engage okay. in arguing with turfs because yeah. their arguments are so ludicrously out of bound. They they don't make any sense. Right. So it's like I can't engage with this and argue with it because it's factually bonkers and I'm Correct. not going to convince them. So I just, I, I have to just mentally like they're crazy and just write it off. I have to yep. just, that's hard. It's hard advice to take. It is. You know, and sometimes I'm still like, with the crazy. I want to yell at them, but I'm like, no, just block and move on, block and move it's, on. You'll, you're not going to, you're not going to actually no. change anything by engaging with that kind of behavior. Unfortunately. Yeah. Too true. Okay, so remind people where they can find you online. Well, when I'm actively doing a comic, it's at reallifecomics.com. I know I, I joke about the hiatuses, but I am on a hiatus that I've been on since November, mostly because I had a lot of work going on. So I haven't done the comic since November. I'm going to, I promise. I, I promise, you heard it here. Going on. You know, I went on a three-year hiatus. I came back. Came back. Know, I sometimes just wander out the door and come back. So if you if you go to reallifecomics.com, you can read my whole archive going back to 1999. Don't judge me. I was I was 18 when I started the comic. And on social media of any sort, generally Twitter, Instagram, I don't really post Instagram much, Mastodon, any of those. It's May God M-A-E, God have mercy. And I love a pun. Excellent. Don't we all? Okay. All right, so there are two parts to this week's topic that are separate but invariably kind of linked together in terms of being trans. My own parents and being a parent myself. I became a parent before I transitioned or even realized or understood my own transness. I'm sure this is very different for every trans person and every trans parent. And for trans folks who transition before becoming parents, it's also probably a very different experience. But as always, I can only talk about my own experiences and I do not speak for everyone. But for a lot of trans people, relationships with our parents can be fraught, obviously because a lot of us have parents who do not and will not accept us for who we are. My father died when I was very young, and he never got to know the real me and who I really am. I have almost no memories of him, and some of the few I do have are tainted by his death at a very young age, and the awfulness of the lies my mother made me believe about it. It's a whole complex issue all its own, which we'll have an episode on later this summer. But relatedly, wondering what it might be like if I somehow got to show him who I really am and what I might hope to get out of that is something Susan and I explored in a short comic in the Color of Always anthology, which is available now in comic shops and bookstores. It's full of excellent stories about queer love in all its forms, and you should definitely check it out. My mom is an entirely different issue that's painful in its own way. I've mentioned in several of these how my relationship with her was fraught. I went into this a little in the Trans Tuesday on the past and why it can haunt those of us who transition as adults. That was also the second episode of this podcast. My mom and I did not get along. We did not see eye to eye on basically anything, including some major decisions she and my stepdad made regarding my much younger siblings that I strongly disagreed with and made sure my feelings were known. My mother and her mother were abandoned by my mom's father when she was very young, and I'm sure that played heavily into how overly controlling and manipulative she became. She wanted to find a way to force everyone to stay near her for her entire life. And of course, that's not the way it works. We all have our own hopes and desires for our lives, and sometimes that takes us away from home. We all have to find our own path, but she was much more interested in picking a path for us and getting mad if we deviated from it. 
She also had these roles that she assigned all of us in her head, and deviation from those was also a problem. So there was the smart one and the sporty one and on and on, and it led to all sorts of problems, as seems obvious. She was also stridently anti-gay. I'm always hesitant to say things like this because a person's gender is their own business, but she was my mother and my life at home with her was very rough, and I see in her so much of what I saw in myself, but only in one way, gender dysphoria. I can't diagnose her with that, obviously, but I see so many of the signs. She hated being thought of as a woman. Several times she told me she wished she was a man, but it's just a joke. Ha ha ha, how silly. She hated anything associated with femininity. She hated photos of herself, never wanted to be in them, never felt they looked like her. I'm not saying she was trans, although she might have been, but even being a woman who just liked to be butch or what have you was so far outside the realm of things that she could have ever accepted about herself. What I'm 100% sure of is it made her life awful, and that manifested in a hundred different ways. It manifested all over you. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> Any deviation from the gender binaries in us kids was met with concern and ridicule and anger, despite the fact that she herself dressed in the most gender-neutral way that she could every day of her life. She also hated femininity so much she never even really let my sisters explore it, not while I lived at home with them anyway. So femininity was bad for all of them, but don't be a boy and you very much are girls. There was a lot of cognitive dissonance going on. As a reminder, the gender binary is part of our societal false dichotomy that messes us all up in countless ways. There's an essay on that at TillysTransTuesdays.com, and it was episode 11 of this show. So, May, you actually talked about this just a little bit back there, but I was going to ask you what your relationship with your parents has been like with coming out in, in terms of your transness. So, yeah, I actually, yeah, I mentioned it earlier and that may have been intentional, but <laughs> <laughs> so my, I first told my mom and she was wonderful, like, like surprised, obviously I was 37 yeah. at the time. Yeah. 37 at the time. And she was surprised, but she, she could not have been better. That's like, so just, awesome. She was excited for me and Aww, all that. My heart. <laughs> And my dad was surprised, but he, he just, he, he, he was supportive and just said, just be patient with me. It's going to take me some time to get used to it. And I understand that. It took sure. me time to get used to it. Yeah, right. It took him time to get used to it. And then he did. Partially, partially it was hard because during COVID, you know, I came out to him, I want to say about a year before COVID. And then I didn't start transitioning until COVID hit. So he didn't get to see me in person for like a year and a half. And that must have been hard for him. But he's been, I, again, my dad, we talk like every day on the phone. We could not be better. My stepdad didn't address the situation for a long time. My mom told him and I, I told her it was okay. He didn't address the situation for a long time. And then when we went over there for Halloween 2020, he kept calling me Greg and he kept, he, you know, he said stuff like, you know, oh, you're always going to be Greg to me. I'm like, well, no, that's not the case. And, and I was standing up for myself. Liz was standing yeah. up for me way more. My wife, Liz was standing up for me way more than I was, but he was saying things like, you know, I support you. You can dress however you want, but you know, but the, but always came in. Yeah. That's not support then. And we left. Yeah. And I, I just took the kids out and went to the truck. Liz stayed behind because she's she's my my pit bull and she just she's mine. She's in She yeah. just fought tooth and nail 
I heard after the fact things he said, like, don't, you know, don't I get a say in this? I'm like, and she says, no. And no, you don't. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. the, the one that the one that I always laugh about because of the wording he used was he's got a Johnson for Pete's sake. And, oh my and God. that makes me I uh, <laughs> it just makes me laugh hard at this point. I I had a fraught relationship with my stepdad in the first place. Yeah. As a kid, we did not have the best of of. I'm not going to go into, into, into deep detail about it, but we didn't have the, the greatest relationship. And then we kind of came back from it and I forgave him and he made amends. And then this happened and I haven't yeah. seen him or spoken to him since October of 2020, which is hard because my mom and I had a very close relationship. We talk, but it has to be kind of when he's not around. Yeah. They have since moved to Fresno, which is about three hours away which is fine. They were planning on doing that anyway, but now it's like, I don't really see her that much anymore. And, you know, because of him, her relationship with me and my kids is not what I wanted it to be. And that, yeah, that sucks. And what the truth of the matter is, is that if he was willing to apologize, I would be willing to come to some sort of a mid ground, but he's very stubborn and will not do that. And yeah, it's kind of the way it's going to be, I think. Yeah. I'm so That's sorry. It oh, is. It's, it's again, really hard. It is okay. I, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in my mind. I've written it off. I'm okay with it now. I can speak. It doesn't bother me anymore. Even then at the time I was pissed at him. So it didn't bother me. I've only had a few times where it was like, I miss my mom, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's about it. That's about it. But beyond that, my relationship with my mom and my dad, even my in-laws, my 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 wife's parents are older. They're in their 80s. They've, I don't think, ever misgendered me. They've been very, you know, sweet about the whole thing. They don't understand, but they don't have to because they don't. Yeah. They just they just have to treat me like who I am. And right. that's what they do. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's all I would like for my in-laws, but I do not get that. That's a different oh, topic. Yeah, it's well, you know, like it is what it is, right? It, every it, that's the the problem with with the trans experience is that you know we're all so vastly different because of of the people in our lives. Some people have great experiences, and some people have rotten experiences, and we've yeah. just we've learned we we've learned to, I think, take it all in. We know how we know the field. We know how how it goes. Yeah. So we all say, "I'm sorry," but we we know. We yeah, know. we know. It's we know. rough. <laughs> My dad is nice to you. On the surface. Yeah. But he's a Fox News lover, so I do not believe yeah. he actually accepts me. He just doesn't. But he always calls you by the correct name. Well. And now he's the one sending all the cards since my mother doesn't want to talk to you ever or about you ever. Yeah. She pretends I don't exist. She's on thin ice anyway. I mean, she's like the worst person in the world, pretty much. Like Just tossing it out there on a podcast. (laughs) Really the worst. Wow. Yeah. Like she's a terrible human being. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, What's cool. funny, by the way, is my my dad's a Fox News watcher, but he's not like a Fox News. Uh, he doesn't soak it in. He kind of watches it partially out of hate watching, but partially just because he's a little more to the right. But I, I'll I'll debate stuff with him all the time. It's great, but he still loves <laughs> and accepts me for who I am. So I I you know what? If you want to watch that crap, go ahead. Don't vote for the people that want to kill me. We're okay. That would be nice. That would be a good start. That'd it's like great. the. Minimum, they're not going to do that minimum. that's all i asked for no he actually votes independent he's not a fan of the right wing but he's definitely not a fan of the left wing either so he just yeah. he votes independent and i'm like I, that's all i can ask for 
you know, do your best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was telling you all of that about my parents, just to give you the context for this one vital piece of information. If my mother was alive when I came out as trans and a gay trans woman at that, she never would have spoken to me again. She barely spoke to me as it was. She already poisoned the very idea of me and the minds of my siblings from the moment I moved out, simply because I broke the mold she'd set for me. She told them outright lies about me, just made shit up, and anything I ever did that broke her idea of the man that I was supposed to be also got used as fodder against me. She also didn't like Susan at all because Susan helped me get out of that horrible situation I was in. I don't know if I helped a lot. You did. You got me. I was just like, this is messed up. That outside opinion. Like, okay, this is not normal. That helped. Yeah. Yeah. My brother told me once that he and I spent the entire day talking to each other in very bad British accents, calling each other by stuffy British women's names. I have no memory of that, but it definitely sounds like something I I would have done. I'm, I'm a goof. But my mother hated it, of course, because we were boys, and afterward told my brother that Susan was disappointed in us for doing that. <laughs> like, what the actual hell, <laughs> right? She just made crap up to justify all the feelings she had, and that's going to really mess up your kids. I was not given any room to explore my feelings around gender as a kid. It messed me up for life. I lived with horrid dysphoria for most of my life because of it. I was miserable and alone and trapped for life. May, I wanted to ask you, if you feel comfortable talking about it, what your experience with dysphoria was like, or if you had dysphoria and how it would manifest for you. It's not, it doesn't hit me hard anymore. Yeah. Most of the time, like 90% of the time, like I literally don't have it, but. Yeah, that's awesome. My experience with dysphoria early on was a tough one. And that's actually why I transitioned so slowly because anytime I started to see myself as the the stereotypical idea of man in dress yeah it made um, me recoil sure and that's that refers back to the previous week's episode of of internalized transphobia but it it was it was a hard one because it was it's your it's your brain saying that's not what you're supposed to look like yeah that's what dysphoria you know that's not what this is supposed to be like and it made me take it slow. I'm actually grateful it did for my own personal, because every time I got past a block, it was like it was gone. And yeah. it was almost like I was chipping away bit by bit at those those feelings. Now, when I when I say about dysphoria, one of the things in the comic I touch on and and okay, let's take a second. Let me go back. I'm 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 rambling a little bit. Let's go back. <laughs> okay. When I first read that tweet that I mentioned by Cat, yep. which if you're not familiar with the comic or not familiar with the tweet, it's essentially if you're under the impression that you're a cis man, but have always wanted to transition and your only reason you haven't transitioned is because you're afraid you'd be an ugly girl, that's dysphoria. Yep. You're literally a trans girl already. And yeah. it was like I, all of a sudden, like I got hit like a wall, like boom, like I, like, like literally my ears started ringing because I, I had to like come to terms with, holy shit. It was like I was being given permission to feel what I needed to feel. And all of a sudden I woke up the next day and I keep saying like the world felt like it was in color. The Wizard of Oz. I walked out the door and it was in color. And it's hard to describe how literal that felt. I literally felt like I was perceiving the world brighter. Yeah. And I started to take care. I, I started to shave every day. I started to 
this is going to sound gross. I started to brush my teeth more frequently. I started to shower more frequently. Yeah. Not consciously, but I realized that I cared about myself. Yep. Which I hadn't before. And I've slowly come to realize that that disregard for self is an externalization of dysphoria. Yep. Not relating, not caring about how you look and caring about how you, you know, take care of yourself is, is like, it's like self-punishment for not feeling how you want to feel. And that's a very weird symptom of dysphoria we always think it's more like you're like oh i don't like the way i look and it's more of like i don't relate to who i am yeah and that's that's a weird experience but but once i got finally got past that it's been easier to move on and like i said day day to day i don't experience it anymore yeah it's really abated a lot for me too especially just in the last year it's been kind of amazing i wasn't sure i'd ever actually get here yeah. If you want to see the ways dysphoria impacted my ability to exist in this world, you can see the Trans Tuesday on Into the Unknown, a.k.a. What is happening when the lack of dysphoria made life entirely brand new for me? Mm-hmm. And if you want to see the hidden ways it muted my life and kept all that this world has to offer from me in ways I didn't even realize and I'm still discovering, you can see the Trans Tuesday on Freeing Up My Brain, a.k.a. Lunch with Tilly. But can you imagine doing that to your kid? forcing them through dysphoria because you won't let them try different clothes or hairstyles or anything outside of the false dichotomy of the gender binary because it makes you uncomfortable? It seems like the antithesis of parenting to me. I've talked to many parents of trans kids who've told me that these Trans Tuesdays have helped them understand their kids, and I always make sure to tell them how vitally important it is that they're learning and supporting their kids, and I'm so glad some trans kids have parents like that. It makes a literal world of difference. Something like 80% of trans kids attempt suicide because dysphoria is awful and they exist in a society and often a home life where they feel trapped with no way out. See the Trans Tuesday on trans kids and the intake exam for more on that. All of that being said, I have no frame of reference for being a parent myself. All my life, I was fascinated and entirely mystified by friends who liked their parents. That's a thing that could happen. It's so alien to me. And to be clear, I like my father very much based on the things I've learned about him from his family. But again, he was so poisoned in my mind by my mother, just as I have been in my siblings' minds, that for a long time I didn't care about him at all. For years as a kid, I actively hated him for abandoning me, when he actually did nothing of the sort. It was my mother who ripped me away from him and kept him out of my life. But our wonderful son was born before I learned who my father really was. And even still, I don't have that first-hand knowledge of what he was like as a parent. So I didn't know at all how to be a parent once our kid was born. I mean, I knew how to care for an infant and a child because my mother had me babysitting all seven of my siblings all the time. In fact, which was a great relief to me. Well, we're getting right there. Yes. (laughs) In fact, due to all of my experience with kids that Susan and I decided I'd be the stay-at-home parent while she returned to the day job. And oof, did we get blowback on that from her parents because I was the man and should get a real job. As if raising a kid isn't a real job or harder than almost anything else. As if a man, which I'm not, couldn't do it right. As if a woman couldn't work and provide for her family. Never mind I had the kid experience and never mind Susan was making more money than I ever had. None of that mattered. All they were concerned about was upholding the false dichotomy of the gender binary. How weird it is to be more concerned about that than the person with more experience being with the kid than the person with more earning potential making the money. And yeah, we had that too with my 
my dad literally said, well, you'll never make as much money as a man. Well, that's like, society's fault, but doesn't mean you can't support us. I like, I make so much more money than he ever made. He has no <laughs> idea. Than your dad, you mean? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. funny. Well, I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it now. It's utterly sexist and reductive and ultimately harmful to women and men and non-binary people. But though I had plenty of experience with kids, I didn't know how to be a good parent because it was just so foreign to me. I think maybe I've done okay. I know I've messed up at times. Hopefully I've been pretty good overall, but that's for a kid to decide and not me. I mean, too, I didn't have a lot of good... Yeah, we're... we didn't really have good no. examples. We know we made like I learned. I learned about respectful disagreements from Star Trek. Like I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you a quick secret, Tilly. Is that yes. literally every good parent thinks that they've screwed their kid up, and if you don't think you screwed your kid up, you're probably screwing your kid up. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, I think you're making a lot of sense because people always say, like, I wonder if I'm one of the bad people, or I wonder if I could have been. If I wasn't kind enough or whatever, I'm like, it's the people who don't wonder that exactly. that are not kind enough and not good enough. If you're if you're asking that question, you are. If one I, of the if good I sat here and said, oh, I'm a great parent, that's how you know I'm just I'm a, I'm not in touch with my kid at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> so often raising your kid, I just thought about what I wished my own parents would have done for me in a given situation. And I tried to do that rather than repeat any of what they actually did. But I know I've made mistakes, we all do, and some of them still do pain me. But we've always been supportive of him in every way we could. He tells us he's a straight boy, and that's fine, but if he ever discovers that he isn't, that's also fine. Has he told us that? Yes, I've asked him. Oh, yep. Okay. We let him explore the things he wants to explore and be who he wants to be, even if that's something that we personally can't fathom. And also, no... when he doesn't want to do things, we let yes. him do that, which yeah. is not something I was allowed to do as a child. Or me. <laughs> Yeah, so he has no interest in creative pursuits, which is very weird as Susan and I basically never stopped writing and creating. One of my absolute favorite things was when I came out to him. We were in the kitchen making dinner together, standing next to each other at the stove, and I was super nervous about it. Now, we live in California, and kids actually learn about trans people in health class, and we talked with him about trans people and gay people, so he'd know it's just another way some people are, and there's nothing wrong with it. So coming out to him should go well, right? But still, you just never know. So I worked up the courage and I said, hey, I know you've learned about trans people in school and I just want you to know that I am one. I'm actually a woman and I'll be transitioning. So I'll be wearing women's clothes and we'll start growing breasts and I'll change my name. And, you know, I went through all of this and his reply was, okay. And that was it. I was like, oh, why are you even talking to me? You're my parent <laughs> and you're so uncool and I do not care that you're trans. He is, not... a, he is a few words. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious, but it was also absolutely beautiful and perfect. He accepted me without question and since has even stood up for me, two family members, in a way that I know was very hard for him. But he did it and just the thought of it still makes me a little teary. I've never been prouder of him. He's such a wonderful kid. So what was it like for you, May, coming out to your kid? How did that so go? She was at the time seven. Okay. And my wife and I, I think we probably overthought it a lot. Sure. We waited a little bit to tell her. And when we did what we decided to do, we bought a book called Red, which is a um oh, that's like a crayon one? book. The crayon book. Yeah. Have you, have you, have you read it? I've not seen read it. it. I've I've seen it and heard people it's, talk about it, but I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good book. It, it's essentially about a blue crayon that has a red label. 
Yeah. And it thinks it's red and it it's gets, you know, it's trying so hard to draw red things, strawberries and apples and and, and getting frustrated because they don't look like they're supposed to look. And yeah. then at some point in the book, one of the other crayons tells it to try drawing water or something blue. And it does it marvelously because yep. it realizes at some point it's not red, it's blue. And when it tries to draw blue things, it does a really good job. And I thought that was a really good kind of mental allegory. It is. For yeah. why we sometimes struggle with it. And so we read this book to her and afterwards I looked at her and said, you know, I also had a, a, the wrong label on. And she says, yeah, I said, my label said boy. And her face, she took a second and she was like, like she got excited. Like, like you could see <laughs> her brain working through it. It was really cute. Oh my God. She was really excited that, that daddy was going to be a girl now. And, you know, that was kind of it. She's been, since then, she's, you know, she's now 12, almost 12. She's been kind of, I won't say my biggest supporter, but she's been, you know, because she hates me half the time. <laughs> that's their job. Yeah. I know, that's their job. That's their job. Yeah. She's she's an early teenager. She is unwaveringly supporting me. That's beautiful. You know, some of her friends at school might not get it sometimes. And she's like, yeah. what don't you get? I don't understand it. You know, she never misgenders, never misnames ever. Oh, she's been great. She's been great. And now, now, I am a little different than a lot of trans people. I'm still daddy. I'm still dad. I will always be dad. That's who I am. And that's not because it's it's a it's a you know it's it's a role thing. It's more like I feel more like a dad. I you know I make the stupid dad jokes. I do the dad stuff. Dad <laughs> is a title. It's not a gender so i am dad my my daughter can say you know i talked to my dad and she said this and it doesn't it flows off the tongue for her and i, I must i'm a staunch defender of being dad i'm dad i get father's day that's me you know my wife gets mother's day that's and cool I'm okay with that I'm yeah okay. it doesn't bother me at all yeah you know? i'm I'm not there yet. Our son doesn't call me mom. And to be fair, he doesn't really call Susan mom either. He doesn't sure. call either, either of us anything most of the time. We've had talks about it, but I've never been able to figure out what I'd like him to call me. I told him that dad was still fine, but I don't really like it. It's what he's called me his entire life. Again, on yeah. the rare instances, he's actually called me anything. And I know he wouldn't mean anything awful or be trying to misgender me when he uses it. But I personally don't like it much because society, again, tells us that it, it implies this maleness that I don't want to be associated with. Right. But I also felt for a long, long time like he couldn't call me mom. And part of that is because if his mom was Susan, how could it also be me? And I'm sure part of that was also my own internalized transphobia, not believing sure. that was a word that was allowed to be applied to me. Please see the Trans Tuesday on that for a much deeper dive on all the ways internalized transphobia messes with our heads. It was also episode 18 of this podcast just last week. And yeah, we tried to like come up with something. <laughs> we just gave up after no, a while. Yeah, it was like, like, this isn't working. Not I thought about it briefly at the outset and yeah. I quickly came to the realization that I just didn't mind it. It yeah. took me actually, it took me a little bit of time to separate dad from being male sure yeah it's yeah. more to me like a name and names yeah. aren't inherently gendered right so it's like it's it's so it it doesn't bother me it can be awkward when she's talking to people and they don't get yeah. it 
Yeah. But then it's like, it's like, you know, or in the comic, I'll occasionally, she'll always refer to me as daddy in the comic and people will jump down my throat, which is weird because I'm the one who wrote it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it, again, everybody's different. You have to remember that the trans experience is not a singular thing. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is the human experience, which is different yes. for literally every one of us. Yeah. Don't assume that you know how things go because you know one trans person. Yeah. I, I like you saying that it was that that you see it as more of a title and that she'll say dad and then use the correct pronouns afterwards. I really <laughs> like that. I never thought of it that way before. So you may have just flipped a switch in my head. So thank you. You're awesome. It's, it's how I it's how I came to deal with it. And it works for me. It works for me. My son calls me daddy. He's three. You know, he doesn't know any different. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, how do you even define motherhood, right? Because it's not just cis women who give birth because people can adopt and earn the title of mom in your life, even if they've never even officially adopted you. And there are surrogates and, you know, things like that, too. So, but how, how would our son differentiate between Susan and me? I mean, he's too old now for her to be mom and for me to be mommy or mama or whatever. So, you know, what do we do? What do non-binary parents do? I don't know. Why do our words for parents have to be so horribly gendered? Oh, right. The false dichotomy. Again. Yeah. So Mother's Day is kind of horribly complex, weird, and slightly awful for me. My mother died over a decade ago. We had our fairly terrible relationship. And my son doesn't call me mom. And I wasn't sure I felt like a mom. Do I want to be a mom? I don't know if I want to be dad, but that doesn't mean I don't want to be a parent. And parent feels like really... It's clinical. It does yeah. feel a little yeah. like. But being his parent has been one of the most wonderful, difficult, challenging, special, beautiful things in my life, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But is there a word for me and what I am to him for him to call me or refer to me by? It'd be pretty damned weird for him to say something like, my parent just texted me this terrible meme, you know? So... What, you know, what do we do? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe I have more of an idea now than before, though, because Maya's awesome. <laughs> but I've been out publicly for nearly three years, and it's been over three years into my full transition. It's been over eight years since my personal transition started, and I still don't have an answer, and maybe I never will. We'll see. But thank you for being here, May. You have been oh, wonderfully insightful. I, I try to be. I'm not usually, but you know. <laughs> You're having a good day. I've had, my, I've had my caffeine for the day, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, what I do know is that I changed my social media bios from saying I was a parent to saying I was a mom, and it made me feel kind of good. It felt kind of right. Our son doesn't have to call me that. If he did, it might be great and wonderful, but also weird and complicated. For now, I think calling myself a mom and knowing that I love my kid more than all the stars in the universe and want nothing more than for him to be who he wants to be and to be safe, happy, and loved is enough. And maybe that's all it needs to be. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Julian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash tillysbridges, and on Insta at heckyeahtillybridges. 
And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.